0: hi this is jim and this is second chance a moped podcast welcome everybody to another week of second chance a moped podcast well we're mopeding, and i'm getting a little depressed in minnesota and why you may think because the leaves are turning winter is coming everyone winter is coming um so it's mad scramble for me to ride as much as I possibly can. I'm burnt out a little bit because I've ridden so much this year. It's been so much. It's been a weird year for all of us. Um, I've been breaking the rules. I, I'll be the first one to admit. I haven't been social distancing like I should. I tried to at first. I'm bad at following rules. I keep my mask on. I try to keep six feet whenever possible except for when conan fucking gives you the biggest bear hug you've had in a while and like maybe separated a couple ribs no i'm joking conan dude you got a great hug um so yeah again anybody who knows reach out to tim oh uh from the swoops he had that bad accident a couple weeks ago um and that's i don't really have any more information i can give to you guys at this point tim and i have talked um yeah dude Timmo, I pray to you whatever thing you believe in and I pray to anything I believe in. Um again, we'll, we'll I'm really bad at this so I got my I got my you can hear the little paper. I got my little list. Um we do have stuff out in the world. We have an Instagram account, Second Chance Pod on Instagram. It's just me kind of generally posting about the guests or maybe something about rides I've been on or generally all moped stuff related. We have a couple we have you uh, Facebook's weird because like I had to set up a Facebook account with second chance, a moped podcast to make a group, a second chance, a moped podcast. So if you ever get a double invite from me, don't feel weird about it. They're spelled differently. Facebook's crazy. Um, but yeah, so this week's guest is interesting to me because if you guys haven't noticed by now, I'm somebody who just will ask the question why and to the point of annoyance, because I want my answers. like I just can't handle not understanding or not knowing something. And that is very exhausting to a lot of people at points. And I'm okay at research, I really am. I have dyslexia, like I can read stuff, even stuff I can like, I fucking just hate reading. um, But I do read, believe it or not. And, but for me, I've always been a visual learner. um, And that's the rad thing about YouTube. And we've all really had a great you know, knowledge-based learning experience through YouTube. I don't know if that made any sense. I wanted to try, I was trying to sound articulate. Um, but I found this one channel and they talked they start talking about hobbits and I jumped in like the middle of it. And it was weird at first because like, Oh, I'm in the middle of this build and blah, blah, back and forth. And like a lot of baseline knowledge it gave me. And then I started listening to, um, moped monday's podcast and i heard chad burke talk and i hear i heard some names kicked around here and there and i did some research because for the most part the community has really come out in second chance and moped podcasts and say hey this person would be pretty rad to tell their story or this person would be you should you should hit this person up well this person is one of the few that early on i was pursuing um i did ask him once and it was during some just things going on in his part of the world. that, like, yeah, it wasn't the best time for him. And then I asked him again, and then that was it. Like he he kind of passed again. And I kind of have the rules of two for the most part. I might've asked one more time, possibly. I don't know, but I have the rules of two after two. It's just not their thing. Well, I happened to hit that ride. that small, that ride Conan put on and I stayed with Charlie and Becca fucking. Thank you guys again so much. I was so rad. Um, and we go to this restaurant in South Carolina. I think it was Columbus. I, I'm not sure. It's South Carolina It's all the same to me. And we run into this waiter. And he asks us, he goes, is that your guys' mopeds? And tra- and I kind of want to say yes, but they weren't mine technically. And So Charlie and Becca go, yeah, that's this. Oh, do you know my cousin? Blah, blah, blah. He lives out west. Blah, blah, blah. And get talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I hit this person up on Facebook, hey, we just ran into your cousin at this restaurant he works at. Oh, that's cool. So when do you want to do that podcast? And I'm like, son of a bitch. Okay, yeah, yeah. So let me, let our, let me, uh, let the guest introduce himself. Um, Who are you, good sir?
1: Hey there, YouTube, or hey there, Second Chance Podcast. (laughs) Uh, Travis here. Um, Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Um, I'm Travis Johnson, but uh, probably probably more well known on the internet uh, as Travis Tutorial uh, on my YouTube channel. Um, met a lot of people over the years. Um, I'm Pook Travis on Moped Army. Um, hey, how you doing on Instagram? Um, and I am in Portland, Oregon. I am currently a member of the Puddle Cutters, the moped club based here in Portland. And I've lived out here for about Come up on five years now. Uh, but prior to that, I was based out of Pennsylvania and uh, did a lot of moped things on the East Coast and had a club back there too once upon a time, but uh, I'm sure we'll get to that.
0: Pittsburgh's a gr- gorgeous state. I'm fucking with you. Every time I go out east, I call my buddy's dad up and like I tell him I'm I'm in the state of Pittsburgh and he knows what I'm talking about. He, we just go back and forth on that. Um, <laughs> um, so let me ask you, Travis. As we always, we start out at the beginning here on Second Chance Moped Podcast. What is your first memory of a moped? Not necessarily getting on, but like the first time you conceptually remember seeing a moped.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this, is, this is pretty clear to me. Uh, this probably would have been around 2009, 2010. I had a, a retail job in high school. And I uh, worked there for five years. I was at a, a UPS store. And uh, someone actually pulled up on a moped. If memory serves me correct, it was a black Tomos step through, something a little more modern. And uh, I was really fascinated by it. It was this tiny little bike. It was noisy. Um, it was so small in the parking space, I remember. And I actually asked the guy, I was like, what is that? I've never seen anything like that before. And he's like, oh, it's this is a moped. Um, you know, I got it for super cheap. It's super fun. You don't need a motorcycle license. And I was super, super fixated on this thing. I had, uh, I had been into cars a little bit. I had been into computers at that point. So your typical high school nerd of building your own computer, of putting a cold air intake on your Toyota Camry, all those, those fun things. That was, that was pretty much me. And, uh, I was just fascinated by this, this thing. And, uh, shortly thereafter, started doing a lot of research found moped army found all the different brands and it's actually super funny i went down kind of a similar route that kansas john did i was listening to uh, your podcast with him uh, recorded a little ways back and uh, he went on ebay and found his first moped and that's actually exactly what i did too i hit up ebay and i found a a poop maxi which my very first bike, typical 78 blue Pook. Um, it was way out in the sticks. And the thing that really drew me to it was it had paperwork. So it had a title with it Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, non-runner and I I paid way too much for it. I paid like four or 500 bucks, It had rusted tank and a bunch of missing parts, but it ended up being a, a good bike. And, you know, it ended up, that was really my gateway into really everything.
0: Yeah. That's red. Um, you had enough not foresight just like enough street smarts to realize i'm gonna need a title for this bike that's a that's re- like even though you said you paid a little too much like how much did you pay for it like just throw the number out
1: it was between three to four hundred dollars
0: i don't um, think that's terrible dude for your first bike not i mean granny you said you're in car culture a little bit like i hear some people like i paid 500 like Graham, who you actually got ahead from for your um, pinball run, he paid oh, yes. five, he paid five hundred for his bike, very first bike. <laughs> it sure. was rusted. The rusted gas tank, just like you said. So I mean, anybody who's paying like absorbing exorbitant amount, like I paid three four hundred bucks, dude. That's that's okay.
1: Yeah, no, people people definitely have it worse. Um, mm-hmm. my my heart goes out to Graham Matsubal. Um, <laughs> he uh, but now he is is a champ um, so yeah, that's that was that was that was the first of it and you know i I made pretty much all the the classic blunders that that anyone who gets into the hobby is gonna make. I remember buying like like incomplete Bing carburetors off of eBay because I didn't know about Treatland. I remember. Um, and no, we, hold on, yeah.
0: you might have said this, what year are we in? What year of the Lord
1: is it? At this point, this is 2010. Um, my parents actually forbid me to get anything with a motor and two wheels on it. And so it wasn't until I turned 18 and moved out of the house and had a, a different street address so I could actually <laughs> buy something and register it. Um, and it's it's actually funny, once I finally got it and, and I brought it home and they saw me working on it they were, they were plenty okay with it. I think it was more just like the idea of it, you know?
0: That's awesome. Um, you said you, you're doing eBay and stuff like that. Like, and the bike wasn't running. What what was the process for you in either gaining knowledge or going to a shop? How did, talk about getting that first bike running, being out in the wild by yourself for the most part, because that's kind of the way you said you kind of identified with Kansas John a lot in that aspect. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah um there was no moped culture anything in my area there wasn't like a a mentor or someone to show me how to do things um i had a really good friend still a good friend um who was a a proper car mechanic uh Mm -hmm. he went to school for it and um i had him and then i had one other buddy who had built a motorized uh bicycle kit you know the 50 dollar kit off of ebay the yep yeah yeah the, the Chinese clone of a Russian engine from 70 years ago, um, but he had built one of those. Um, it was Skyhawk brand, not the brands matter with those things, but he had the two-stroke experience. He could run cables, um, and between the two of them, uh, at his parents' house, we successfully got the bike running, and it ran for about a day. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually rode it from his house back to my parents' house, and It had a crazy rusty tank and rusty gas got into the car, but got into the top end and the engine seized and huge bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually remember it's definitely still there because Moped army is forever, but I had a, like a Moped army post of like, I ruined my E 50 engine. Where do I get another one? And someone was like, you could probably fix it. Yeah. uh, yeah.
0: I've seen maybe one or two ruined E50 engines and that's when the crank goes through the actual casing, but right,
1: right, right. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much the most rebuildable thing ever. Um, and you know, I got back together with my friends and when we took the top end off, we, (laughs) I'm pretty amazed by this. Not only did we put, uh, the top end on,
0: Okay, we run a professional podcast here, people, and sometimes my furnace will kick on and it'll put out a whole bunch of noise. So we had to stop the podcast, and I went upstairs and shut it off, and I discovered something. I made something on the stove right before this all went off, and guess what? I didn't have the show, stove shut off quite right, and I could smell gas upstairs, so I uh, shut my stove off, and I didn't blow my house up. So that's a good thing that we that I decided to shut the furnace off of. <laughs>
1: Jim, I'm so. glad you're safe and, and still with <laughs> us here.
0: <laughs> yeah, If it wasn't for dumb luck, I wouldn't have any at all, I swear. Um, but, yeah, we're talking about you and the engine C's The E50 case is super rebuildable. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. And me. I was
1: just going into it. The first time I took a top end apart, not only did I put it on upside down, I actually put it on upside down and backwards. And so oh. the non tapered end, like, going over the piston ring somehow – we busted our fingers and actually got it on upside down and backwards. And I'll, I'll never forget just like looking at it and being like, wait, this, this head won't go back on here. This doesn't yeah. make any sense. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, a, a fresh piston and a nice set of top end gaskets and having my buddy there to talk me through things like, Hey, here's how you actually torque something so that mm-hmm. you get even pressure across all the head nuts. Um, that, that made the difference. It wasn't until I think it was, it, at this point, it was probably winter two thousand eleven, uh, where I had my very first experience with with moped culture.
0: Yeah, um, and I was gonna I was gonna kind of lead in like because I just I love how worlds come together. Um, do you want to talk? Is this are you talking about um, Chad Burke's uh, building gather?
1: <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. Actually,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do you want to kind of talk about that experience? Because I, Chad, if you listen list, I'm showing up. I Don't give a shit, you might not be having it this year because corona or whatnot. I'll wear a three on mask, I'm just gonna show up. Um, <laughs> get a powder coat all night. Um, but yeah, yeah. do you want to just kind of talk about that experience? Um, going to that,
1: yeah, definitely. Um, so this was Chad Burke Build and Gather 2. I still have the shirt for it. Um, awesome. yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, um, Chad, Chad lives out in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and he has. An enormous, enormous—I'd call it a warehouse—at this point, full of, of mopeds and also the tools to pretty much do every single thing you could ever want to do to a bike, and and also his his enormous brain. Um, out of the goodness of his heart, he runs an annual event called the Chad Burke Build and Gather, where you can show up with a project. Uh, and between this, between him and this enormous warehouse full of people, there are people there who will give you advice, sell you parts. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to, and, and you're willing to put in the work, you can show up with a, a basket case and, and end the weekend with a running moped. Um, and we've, we've done that before. I attended a couple of, of his over the years, um, but from Pennsylvania, it's like a nine or 10 hour drive. It's uh, I 80 all the way through Ohio. And
0: God, that no one, fucking kills you
1: especially because the, the constant dude, i'm goals. still
0: paying i'm still getting bills from it back from fucking going across that oh don't even want to talk about it. i'm sorry
1: yeah and yeah it's it's great um but uh i went there with a buddy who had a, an even worse basket case pook maxi and we were both like 19 and i remember it took us till about three or four in the morning before we actually got to the building. and gather this is the dead of winter mm-hmm. and uh the shop is very nondescript. There's not a sign out front. It's kind of just a garage bay and a door. And I actually like Googled the number and, and called it. And Chad picked up. And I was like, is this is where the building gather is. And <laughs> sure enough it was. And uh my buddy and I camped in a corner. We were super nervous. Um, very quiet people, but people came over, they helped us, they they showed us how to, to do all sorts of different things with that E50. I remember Chad had a broken arm uh that year, and he was gonna show us how to split the cases. And so he's doing this one-handed with a rubber mallet crad- cradling the engine under his arm. Oh, he's wow. hitting this, this case. And it's just like not coming apart. He's like, <laughs> he's like trying to help us. He's working on this for like two or three minutes. And he's like, you all know, the case bolts out and we're like, Oh yeah, we did. And he's trying to hit it and he's injured. And then he, he, he turns it over and there's like still like a couple, like two or three case bolts, like still in it. And he's like, guys, you got to take these off. <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. Um, but, uh, you know, we had a great weekend, and, and over the years, we, we took, you know, we took bikes there to, to build up. Um, in 2015, I participated in the pinball run three from Seattle to San Diego, and the bike mm-hmm. we actually built at Chad Burke's Building Gather, We powder-coated the whole frame, sandblasted, blasted, powder-coated, and, and uh, really helped it come to life there. So
0: What platform wow. did you pick for that pinball?
1: Um, so that was originally a JC Penny Pinto, which I had, I actually got that on eBay too. But by that point, this is like 2014, 2015, maybe 2013. Um, I still have a lot more luck on the local circuit, but this one was an eBay auction. I got the bike for like 130 bucks and that's like antique shop. Yeah. Um, but, uh, totally stripped it down, powder coated it, built it up, um, at, Chad Burke's building out there. We had a crossbar welded so we could run a, a Pook Magnum tank. Actually this, that, that event. Um, and in the preparation for it is, is one of my fondest memories of like the Moped community coming together. Um, earlier that year I had been at, uh, Rob burritos shop, um, mm-hmm. out in York, Pennsylvania. And, uh, he ended up having to move his shop from one place to another. I guess he lost his lease and, uh, as payment for, for, helping him all weekend move all these bikes. Um, he rewarded me with a, a very coveted Pook Magnum tank and seat nice. uh, and some other, other bits, a Sperry 50 and, and all that. So that combined with like the goodwill of, of Chad and, and all the great people of Kalamazoo who, who helped us out and, and some other goodies um, actually got a, a care package from from dan kastner from 77 um all all really got all these different things kind of came together it was was pretty neat but yeah chad's chad's is a huge boost for for anyone and that was that was our first experience to the the scene
0: yeah i can't i i tell this to people all the time um if you put in minimal effort people will put in tenfold to you in the moped scene has been my experience and um yeah dude that's that's really rad so Wanted to, want to talk about the decision to do pinball that year. Um A, why was it pin? I'm, I'm doing the Baker's dozen next year. I'm going to be doing it with the buzzard crowd. Um I just, I fucking got to do it. I, I found out about it and I love, I love long rides. So I'm like, fuck it. And I was talking to Charlie one. I was like, you can use us for chase. I'm like, sweet. Um, what was the, what was the first time you heard about pinball and for us new people in the scene and who are way too lazy to read about stuff in the history why did they change from pinball to baker's dozen
1: yeah sure um so i remember i think it was 2013 ish um was the first pinball run so you know these these types of rides are they're they're Kind of reminiscent of famous long distance mm-hmm. like rides. So, for example, Cannibal Run, Sea yeah. the Shining Sea. Um, but really, with with pinball, so it was started by uh, Rob Burrito again, based out of York, PA. Um, we had a, a finally a, kind of like an intersection of moped parts availability, moped speed, um, internet, and the ability to coordinate things in a in a very reasonable way to where we could actually do a, a proper long-distance moped race. And mm-hmm. this race was was really great because all, all the people who talk BS on the internet about how their moped is the fastest, about how their moped is the best built, um, all of these different things could finally be put to the test uh, to see who can actually endure on, yeah. on an event like this. Um, and so, you know, the first one um was on the east coast uh maine to florida there was pinball two uh which followed the mississippi river um, yeah i believe that started
0: was... in minneapolis actually
1: yes that sounds right uh and then pinball three um was the first one i was actually able to, to realistically do i was had recently moved to Portland, oregon i was living on the west coast and uh we planned it about a year out um, one of my my very good friends will, who is featured in, in many Travis tutorial videos mm-hmm. he's, he's the, the proper brains of the organization um, he and I were both available to do it we roped in one other friend of ours uh, Anna from Delaware and uh, we used my Toyota forerunner as chase vehicle and we we gave it our best um, and the, the thing to remember about about doing an event like the pinball um, is we were we were in it to have fun.
0: Um, mm-hmm
1: and uh, we we had some some pretty pretty the right the actually I should back up the way the race is structured is that um, everyone starts at the same time every morning, 10 a m and then you're clocked when you arrive at your destination, and usually you arrive at your destination the same day, um, but you have to be at the start line by 10 a m the next day, or else you do not qualify or your okay. dNF you do not finish yep and for us um, you know we ended up dnfing on the first day we had catastrophic engine failures it was a mess but yeah the bike made it under its own power from from portland to san diego and we had a great time and and met so many people and really weren't weren't taking it very seriously um so this three pinballs happened um and then the torch was passed uh, away from robberita who had to focus on some other things uh to maitland kelly of the creatures okay and maitland this you know this race came back under a new name, Baker's Dozen run. Um, and the first one, uh, which I also participated in, uh, was a two part race from first New York to Austin, Texas, and then Austin, Texas to LA split wow. over two years.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, wow, that's, um, that's a hell of a ride.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and there are some rules you have to keep in mind. You know, you, you can only switch riders once per day, uh, in the latest iteration of, of the rules. Mm-hmm. So, it, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of endurance. It's some danger, um, mm-hmm. as you're going way too slow on a lot. There's no interstates allowed, but still state roads. are yeah.
0: still, mm-hmm.
1: you know, still kind of riding the shoulder at times. You'll have your chase behind you with its flashers on. Um, you know, people watch this, they, they gamble and they bet on it, watching people on the glimpse tracking. Um, and then every night there's a giant party when everybody gets together and, Kinda of, kind of celebrates it is it is kind of like everyone's like a big family, and especially with Baker's dozen um we kind of whittled things down to to a pretty hardcore crew of 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 dedicated people so it's yeah. it's a huge investment but it's so it much
0: definitely fun. is and I'm already got my i um i'm gonna go on the firm not talk about me too much, but i'm gonna fucking talk about me um I'm gonna go on the hobbit platform and I'm basically copying one of the um buzzards builds that he's doing and um, just for simplicity and changing the parts and whatnot because I I'm a stupid dumb prepared racer and like I three of everything you know three cylinders three belts you know three sets of tires just three three transmissions and like I might be okay I don't know like I plan on I don't even plan on finishing because like just a finish it would be a huge accomplishment I i come to realize the more i've dug into this
1: yeah i mean you know again it's it's a huge learning experience mm-hmm. so i each subsequent race you learn more and more just like anything else the, the first time it's it's hard to hard to nail it right um yeah it's but it's again it's it's a hardcore experience but it's it's so much fun and like i said everyone's everyone's kind of like a big old family and it
0: yeah yeah so we're going to kind of circle back or circle back or backtrack into your timeline and story. As everybody knows, like, I love my timelines. Um, you, we, we talked about the pinball Baker's doesn't, but let's rewind a little bit. you you went to Chad Burke's build gathers. You went and learned about what the community was. Um, at this point, I got to ask, had you hit a rally yet? Had you been going to any moped rallies in New York? No, or, or?
1: not, not yet. Um, so a very fond memory I have um, a lot of people listening to the podcast will remember uh, Moped Larry known as Moped Lar on the forums uh, for a number of years, he hosted something called Moped Larry's ride. And mm-hmm. he did about 10 of them before the events got kind of too big to handle. Um, he's down in New Jersey. I think he recently moved, but he's was down in New Jersey and um, he would host these rides that honestly you could totally do on a stock bike. Like, uh i eventually ended up putting together a a motley crew back in in our hometown of state college pennsylvania called uh the works fiasco and uh when this was early days so we all had stock bikes my poop maxi had a boss pipe and it was the fastest of the group even with a stock cylinder did like 32 it was great um but, uh, we would trailer them down to moped Larry's ride in New Jersey. We would do the ride. We have so much fun at the end. There's like a buffet. It's a very structured, very like not a moped rally. Um, I, and- <laughs> I love this. All
0: right, dude, I, uh, moped time kills me, but whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was, it was super structured, but you know, that was, that was like my ride experience. And so I mm-hmm. think my first actual rally, um, if memory serves me correct, would have been around 2013, 2014, uh, the first rally that Legion put on uh, out of Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And boy, oh, boy, did we learn really Was
0: spaghetti as bad then as it
1: had been in future days? (laughs) No, no, the food was amazing at that point. (laughs) I I missed out on on the spaghetti reckoning.
0: Um, I uh, got full on, full on fine granule details as we as i was eating dinner with um, of so i'm like i'm still asking questions and i'm eating the southern soul food i'm like why the fuck are we talking about people puking it oh well whatever like
1: (laughs) yes um and uh you know actually i'm i'm remembering i believe i had gone to gettysburg before then which i think was was probably also considered a rally Mm -hmm. um and at that one, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm right. So I had, um, I had a poop Maxi. My buddy had a stock Hobbit and my buddy Will. And we realized after Gettysburg, like, hey, we all need kitted bikes. Like, we can't keep up on these actual rides. Like, it's time to take this to the next level. Mm-hmm. And so we re- rebuilt, kitted our first bike. Um, Will's like a madman. He had this Hobbit that he put no money into ported the Jesus out of the cylinder, um, chopped up, notched the variator, like did all these little mods to it and Mm -hmm. was able to hit 50 on a 50. And it was insane. Yeah. Um, so, so we finally had like rally bikes after Mm -hmm. that. And, um, yeah, then, then we were able to tackle things like the Philly rally. We were able to tackle things, um, that, that could actually like hold up.
0: So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, we've taught we're 2013 ish. We know you're you're on the left coast at this point. Um, mm-hmm. What what made what why the move?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I needed to change the scenery. I actually having a, a city with moped culture was actually on my list of places to relocate. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be in a city. I knew I wanted to be in a place that had mopeds. I have other hobbies and interests. I'm an avid backpacker and and really into the outdoors it's having a place with easy access for all of that um, made sense and i kind of looked at all the different large cities out there and and portland had a very reasonable cost of living Um, it has uh, industry for where i want to work so uh, i chanced it i didn't have a a job lined up but um, i went out there actually one thing i did do to prepare is I flew out to attend a moped rally uh, there's a group out here called Uphill Battle unfortunately no we're no longer around um, but yeah but they had a rally in 2015 um, called what's love got to do with it and um, I think that was it all their rallies like start with love yeah, it's like hard yeah. to, hard to keep track and,
0: and um, me just always wanting to like associate and like be in the conversation like yeah I think I I've, I've never heard of that it's the
1: <laughs> song I've heard of yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they they were having this rally, and I flew out for a weekend. And I like put a message in the Facebook group for for the Portland Moped Community. And I was like, Hey, it's Travis. Like, some of you might watch my videos. I'm flying out because I have a place to stay and maybe a loaner bike. And people got right back, and they were like, Come on out! So I, I flew out. I got handed a, a Girelli as a loaner that was really fast. Had zero brakes and didn't idle. Um, so like I had to. Gas the throttle at stoplights and have my feet on the ground, which awesome, an amazing experience. I had like the best weekend of my life, and yeah. I I met I met uh, the Veggie Brothers, uh, Marshall and Tyler Ferguson, out here who had recently moved to Portland from Florida, and they were amazing people. They hosted me, and I sent them a message a few weeks later. I was like, hey, if I moved out to Portland, could I crash on your couch for a couple of weeks till I get my feet under me? And they said, absolutely. Come on out. So, so awesome. Drove out and kind of the rest is history.
0: Yeah. You, you, okay. You threw it out there. Um, You talked about your, your YouTube. At what point did the Travis tutorials start and what was the inspiration beside behind starting that? Because um, it gets brought up, you know, people always say like, Oh, I want to do this or, Oh, I want to do that. Like you can do it. People like, so I've had some people express interest. I want to do a podcast. Do it. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like I am very lucky to have some contacts in my life that are assisting me in this, but like any media and moped culture, I can't say enough. Do it. Like, yeah, sorry. I just go on those little rants. Yeah, I no, I lot. mean,
1: it's, it's just like anything else. Like if, if you show up every day and have a consistent attitude and, and mm-hmm. keep, keep trying should have a consistently positive attitude and, and keep trying G- generally you're going to do pretty well with whatever you do, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, your job or making a podcast or, or a YouTube channel. Um, you know, I've, I've always had a, an interest in, in, in film and in editing. It's always, always just, just been a hobby. And uh, one thing I make very clear in my videos is that I'm just a hobbyist, like anybody else figuring things out. Um, I like to think that at this point I have certain principles down, like, you know, torquing things to spec, um, not forcing things if they don't fit. Um, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I truly don't don't claim to be a, a mechanic just because I'm just a, just a regular guy, just trying the stuff just like everybody else is. Um, but really, you know, when I started filming things and putting them together and sharing what I had learned, mm-hmm. I have like a specific memory of going to Chad Burke's building gather and having someone show me how to take apart a Pookie 50 clutch. And then it was like, wow, wouldn't this be great to like show the world? Um, Yeah. You know, I, I, I definitely think in terms of like making videos and and posting them, I was one of the earlier uh, people who who got around to that. Um, It's much more common today for people to have like a, an iPhone that shoots in HD where they can film something and upload it. Um, At the time I was using like, you know, uh, uh like a traditional handheld camcorder, putting it on my computer, editing it, uploading it—it wow. it was this kind of like big, laborious process, right? Yeah. Um,
0: Super low that, tech,
1: but it freaking—I yeah. love them, dude. Oh well, I appreciate that. Well, um, I
0: was just—I was just rewatching your uh, Hobbit stuff, like today. I was like, ah, fuck it, I'll just throw it on. Like, I—I I don't know why I still have cable. But anyway, yeah.
1: my my favorite comment in in that video, so the, the Honda Hobbit uh, rebuild video, is like someone was like, "Wow, this is like Blair Witch style like filming for rebuild <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> and it's, oh, it's true. It's, I don't it's, think it's, it's quite that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. We're working in this like like dark, filthy basement, which was our our college house, and like doing this on like the table that held our laundry detergent, and like everything's just kind of a mess. Um, we're like our filthy kitchen for like heating up cases and like, um, it, it, it was kind of a mess, but, um, you know, that video is, is when I was living with, with, again, one of my best friends for life, Will, um, man is absolute, absolute genius when it comes to to just about anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's the place where we figured out, you know, E50 timing, sax clutches, um, all this, this, this knowledge was like down, down in this basement. So yeah, the early days it was like, you know, just kind of like rough filming and and editing. Um, But uh, I've met people all over the place who recognize me from my videos. It's just really kind of strange. Like I, Mm -hmm. I love it. I love interacting with, with people. Um, But like I was at a a bar here in Portland about a year ago and someone like heard my voice and they're like, are you Travis? And I was like, Oh yeah. And they were like, Oh, you helped me with, my moped and, and uh, having little interactions like that, or people will like track me down on like my personal social medias and send Mm -hmm. me messages. And if I can help, I will.
0: As I'm raising my hand, everybody. (laughs) And that, that, that is a cool, I, I am nobody in the moped world. I'll be the first one to admit that. But I, when was the first time you got recognized? Do you remember that the first time you got recognized, but from somebody you don't know about your channel, and mopeds.
1: Oh man. Was it, was you it kind of
0: weird? Was it kind of weird? Kind of like, not weird as in like a bad thing, but like, I, I guess people are actually, wa- I know there's a viewer thing, but I guess people are actually watching this. Like,
1: yeah, that was, that's pretty wild. Um, honestly, I don't, I can't tell you the, the first time it, it mm-hmm. happened to me. I, I remember like, just in general people, people like coming up to me or people like people just mentioning that they, they watched my video for reference and helped Mm -hmm. them or they they liked something that I did in the video. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's always heartwarming and, you know, I've really worked over the years to try and and make the videos consistent. You know, Mm I, I, there's not like a, a whole lot of humor to them. There's no swears. <laughs> it's, it's like a, like a, just a general, if I can help it, just general family friendly thing when it comes yeah. to, 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 working on something. So I, I still, I still love it. I still enjoy it. Uh, I ended up kind of falling into to a career that, that pushes out some, some pretty demanding hours. And I'm currently doing a ton of work on a house I purchased last year. So I, mm-hmm. I don't have as much time to, to do the videos as, as I'd like, but, Every time I get back into it, I'm yeah. I'm reminded like why I do it, how happy it makes me. I love interacting with people. I love helping people, and hope I can do it for for a long time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So, I I, I love I love this. Um. But let's get back to where we are in Travis's moped journey. Um. you're I'm thinking we're like 2014. You move out to Portland is when you think it was 2015.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, 2015. Yeah.
0: You cra- crash on a buddy's couch. Um, did you just pack up your truck with some clothes, or did you pack all your moped stuff up, or was it just kind of like? Because when I was in my twenties, dude, like, and I wanted to go move somewhere, it was like fucking change of clothes. I'm gone.
1: Like, I yeah, was- <laughs> I I managed to do it in in one car load, and I had um I had a Toyota 4Runner, and I had I had a my red poop maxi on a roof like sitting on the roof on a roof rack, bolted fucking down. Awesome. I, <laughs> I had an MB five on the rear on a platform rack.
0: I'm and, sorry uh, you brought that with you, but whatever. <laughs> uh, fucking shifty fifties. <50/50s>.
1: Yes. Um, <laughs> that I like to joke that it's, it's the most expensive MB five ever, even though it's bone stock and doesn't run very well. Uh, <laughs> so all the, the, the money I've shelved into it over the years. But, um, but, but yeah, I, I brought, I, I brought two bikes out there with me. Um, had the pinto shipped out when i did baker's dozen run and, and from there I've, I've kind of just like absorbed and, and found more bikes out here i, I still have my blue poop maxi the one that started it all it's back at my parents house in pennsylvania and
0: mm-hmm.
1: and one day that'll get that'll get brought out here and to, to live a proper life with me and then i'm on, the, on the spree back there but but uh out here at this point um you know i, I guess if we're doing this in a time frame in 2015 i I managed to amass like probably like four or five bikes at this point. I ended up mm-hmm. moving into a, a tiny house uh, in Portland, Oregon. Typical Portland things, right? Um, okay, yeah, yeah. So and so, I don't had you
0: guys. Don't you guys put birds on stuff too out there?
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> um, at, at least when I moved out here, the, the show was was accurate in like the most wholesome way. Um, <laughs> but it, but it was great. The the moped scene when I got here was so popping like mm-hmm. I remember whipping into the Veggie Brothers driveway and getting out of my car, and within an hour we were all on bikes heading to Moped Night, and I was That's like,
0: "Fucking rad, dude!"
1: I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm in heaven!" Like I, I'm.
0: I will say this: I drove 20 hours straight, and the same thing happened to me in Richmond, Virginia. Like, oh, lovely! I, I showed up to uh, Thomas and Ashley's house, and Thomas got home. He's like, "Fuck it, we're going for a ride," and threw bikes <laughs> in his truck, and went into Richmond, and I'm freaking sleep deprived and we're ripping oh yeah it's fucking awesome i love that shit um
1: yeah it's it's wonderful
0: yeah yeah so you you show up you you're living in you're living the portlandia ultimate dream the tiny house the moped
1: um it it was it was so good i was you know swiping my debit card watching my bank account dwindle and you know still (laughs) figuring things out you know Mm -hmm. yeah it was amazing
0: so at this point in your moped career, are you affiliated with any clubs at all? I know, like, a few people I've talked to who moved around the country. Like, I transferred membership, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, with yourself, like, was club life even a thing for you? Like, I, some people I it's a big thing. Some people it's not.
1: You know, I – this, again, I was – you know, this is about five years ago. Um, so I was in my, my early 20s. I really wanted to be a part of a, a proper Moped Army official club. And so I was really, really excited to prospect into the Puddle Cutters here in, in Portland. And I had all these big expectations about it. There was, there was a lot of a weight behind it in my mind. It was something I took seriously, and it was something that was very important to me. Um, and I, I love my club dearly. I especially love my club in its current iteration right now, which is a group of super inclusive, super positive people um who are all willing to to help each other and i I love how it's turned out but you know at at the time i I wish i I had been a little more comfortable in my own shoes um and kind of just doing my thing but i was i was really jazzed on on joining the club and it it worked out well um cutters are are really like a family um so for for me um you know i ended up turning out to be a, a net positive um and coming into it i had to prospect just like everybody else who wants to join the club just like someone who is introduced to mopeds by the Mm -hmm. puddle cutters even though i had a lot of experience under my belt fixing bikes and going to events um, i still had to prospect and honestly it was perfectly fine in 2015 Mm -hmm. and 2016 i attended probably the most rallies i ever have um flew down to la for the wooly bullies rally and one of the members Gina reached out to someone she knew down there who ended up being Chris bully and they hooked me up with a place to stay and a bike. And, you know, it it ended up being a a great experience. So yeah, club club life was something I was very interested in. I genuinely wanted to share my interests as as much as I could. And at the time I thought being in a club was the best way to do it. You know, now I realize just being yourself and being a halfway decent person is is the way to do it. But,
0: well, I'm not a halfway decent person, but I'm just still, (laughs) um, i joke i joke that's awesome dude and um so you prospect you're getting in um you say they're really inclusive and that's i love to hear that i uh, for the most part i can say that's runs really true with uh moped clubs um what east coast what was the farthest away you went for a rally west coast what was the farthest way because you and i always that was again evolution of the podcast i i thought i'd ask people that what's the farthest way you went for a rally? Well, I lived in this city and we went down here, but now I live here. And so like,
1: Oh yeah, it's always, you you know, East coast. Um, I'd say I didn't do any crazy, crazy far drives. Um, honestly going from middle of Pennsylvania down to Richmond for, um, the ride and chatter one Mm -hmm. year, um, that the rebel rousers put together. Um, that was probably the like that's really not a rally. It's more like a ride. Um, That, that was a a pretty far drive that I remember. I unfortunately didn't make it to anything in Massachusetts and we didn't go uh, south that far driving to Chad Burks and Kalamazoo again, not a rally, but doing that slog in the winter, Oh, like Honda pilot pulling a trailer or like a rented pickup truck. Like that, that is kind of like the the journey. Um, Other, other things like you know when i was in portland i attended the new orleans rally um you know Devin down there hooked me up with a place to stay in a bike um that that distance is probably the, the single greatest amount I've, I've traveled but also like flew from portland to new york for baker's dozen run and yeah, yeah all this other stuff
0: yeah i was i was like that far away from going to new orleans last year and this was my thought in my head I'll go next year. It will. They'll have it next year. I'll, yeah. There, let alone. Yeah. No. I'm fucking Rona. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I think we may have touched on this, but I can't remember. So, we're going to touch on it again. What inspired? You said geographical location, just everything. But what? What was the itch for you to do the your first pinball run? What was it? What made you? Because it's it's not for everybody. That type of ride is not for. And I've done some long rides, I mean, whatever, but nothing in my rides are minuscule compared to that. So like, and it it intrigues me and I want to do it, challenge myself and my knowledge of machines. So what was, what was it for you?
1: Um, it was one part challenge. So wanting to do something big and impressive like this, wanting to to build a bike for it. You know, again, we, we did the process of powder coating it, doing something from the ground up um building two engines for it um so it's part technical challenge part adventure so mm-hmm. you know my best friend and i go in to do this amazing ride and, and also to meet some of these people that that we had like interacted with on the internet i remember being in the kitchen of a house and meeting JBot for the first time <laughs> and he's 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 at this kitchen sink and he's putting dish soap on his honda hobbit variator belt and it was like ah it's, it's sticking i gotta put this on there and like only talking to him for a few minutes or meeting um, meeting James from LA and and like just all these like people that like we desperately like wanted to meet, interact with and and do this big challenge with. So it was it was kind of like this holy grail event, but you know, you hit the nail on the head where it's it's really an endurance thing. And I remember like, you know, our bike at one point struggling up this like hill that was like this mountain highway. And eventually, like, the engine was still running, but you'd pull the throttle and, like, nothing would happen. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, hot. It's the side of the road. We're, like, super far away from our destination, middle of nowhere, desert, cars blown by you at, like, super fast speeds. Mm -hmm. And our clutch, all the pads had completely gone from it. It was, like, metal on metal. It wasn't even working anymore. Mm -hmm. And, like, beating on this thing to try and get it out to get our replacement clutch in – and like having to walk the bike up these hills when you're wearing full motorcycle gear, and like it's so like difficult and frustrating, and you're eating like gas station food and fast food for like a week, and like yeah it's so rough um but and you know some would call that like type two fun, like fun <laughs> after the fact, <laughs> yeah. but it, it made it all worth it. And it was, it was kind of a, kind of addicting. So it was really just like the challenge, the thrill, getting to meet people and, and have that yeah. interaction that pushed us to do it.
0: Yeah. Um, what, what made you decide to go to the um, Hobbit platform for your second one? I believe it was.
1: Yeah. Um, well, and so, that's,
0: that's where I really discovered you is that, Mm-hmm. six or seven part build um, for that Baker's dozen. Like it was very, very informational to me to learn. And I bet you it saved a lot of people a lot of headaches in the St. Paul, Minneapolis scene. Yeah, I, just- I
1: hope, I hope so. <laughs> um, well, here's, here's the thing is that when you're riding a big distance and you're going to have like varying degrees in elevation um, your single speed bike is going to struggle. It It just is. You have to gear it big in order to do these, these hills. And, and actually, it's it's funny I mentioned that because I can think of like one outlier, which is like um, on on pinball run, like the the Denver team um, winning it with, with E50s, but they have like NASCAR style like repairs. Um, <laughs> but, but generally, like without drama, uh, you know, a variated bike like the Hobbit um, is going to be able to tackle hills so much easier and going to buy you so much time. It's going to be so much less stress on the machine. Um, the first time around, uh, we had a pretty ambitious build with a air-cooled DR kit mm-hmm. um, and a few other goodies like a Makuni VM-20 and a big pipe. Um, but for the second Baker's Dozen, um, we moved to a water cooled setup, so a Melosi 70cc, which we ended up not even needing a water pump for. Yeah. Um, Thermo siphon moved the coolant around just fine. Um, and that thing we could just sit at wide open throttle all day and, and never worry about temperatures. Though, in true spirit, that's really pushing the balance a little bit for like what a moped is, right? Mm-hmm. It's this, it's this air cooled, like. Machine, which is totally not supposed to go long distances <laughs> at all, not supposed to rev that high. Yeah, yeah. Um. And in in that build, that video series, we tried to tackle every limitation there is to a Hobbit. So we looked at like, okay, like you know, we don't want to worry about ignition points. Well, the Honda Hobbit OEM CDI, or arguably the aftermarket CDIs, they make the ignition component pretty much bulletproof. So let's mm-hmm. let's get rid of that. Oh, the carb is really difficult to access and it clogs um you know so let's let's get rid of that and let's put a vm20 on it you know all these different you know like oh the cylinder head is super small so graham mozzig hooked us up with a giling head that was cut uh, to work with honda hobbits so we have big old cylinder head um mm-hmm. first time around so you know that is part of the fun, as you think about like the major fail points, and we did that on on Pinball Run 3 also with our E50 engine. So we got our hands on a roller bearing clutch bell that mm-hmm. utilized a, a needle bearing, just like the top end of an aftermarket crank, um, ahead of the brass bushing. We we really really tried to to cut down on on the failure points to make make it that much much of more of an enjoyable experience. But yeah, moving to to a varied bike for a race like this is. Going to greatly enhance your increase your chances of having having a good time. Not to say that it can't be done on a single yeah. speed chain bike, but Hobbit's it's such a great platform to work it work on. It.
0: They're they're my bike of choice. Um, so yeah, and when I when I saw um, Stefan doing that build and like we're we're going to kind of cheat, we're going to go with a DR kit but with a water cooled head that treats offers. So it kind of mm. hy- hybrid system of that. Um, so let me, this is a question I I ask a lot of people. Like, when's the first time you'll, you're either riding bikes with your buds or even by yourself or at a rally or like the first time you kind of sit back and look and like in utter amazement that just that joy or that moped bliss or whatever you want to call it. Like when you think, fuck, I can't believe I'm a part of this right now. Yeah, like, do you remember like I, that shit happens to me all the time and like
1: yeah it's it's a great feeling and it, it's one that continues to happen and it's also like i think i think when whenever when the world goes back to normal and, and we're all able to attend a, a proper moped rally again i think i think we'll have that that spark again mm-hmm. where it's like all these people these people from totally different backgrounds like yeah like all the way down from like people who who are just bumming around who just like want to party all the way up to like people who are like super super rigid about everything they do like you have this this amazing like group group of people but everybody comes together with this shared hobby yeah um that feeling of camaraderie or just being on a bike and like laying down on the seat as you're riding and feeling (laughs) like you're going a million miles an hour um you know, Jim, I, I don't think I can I can pin down specifically like the first time that ha- I felt that way or the, the first time that happened. Um, I can think of a million times in my mind where it's like just the the smell of, of having like thirty bikes in front of you and, and breathing in all of this two stroke and being mm-hmm. like, oh, I remember this. This is fun. Like, like I belong here. This is this is right. Um, I have numerous numerous memories of, of that happening, and that's so I keep coming back. Um, yeah, dude you know even about three years ago i I purchased a a large dual sport motorcycle new off the lot a klr 650 and um i enjoy it you know having done both distance riding on a moped and distance riding on a a large water-cooled motorcycle like you you know you should ride the big motorcycle for for distances (laughs) (laughs) they serve a purpose um But even when I do other groups of motorcycle riders, it's, it's not the same by a mile Um, moped Mm -hmm. culture and, and being able to ride in a group, you know, again, nothing's perfect. I've certainly had moments in the moped community that I felt very not included. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I would feel those times when I try to go to an event solo and, and wasn't part of a group, it can be a little alienating, but Generally, once you stick yourself out there a little bit and you know suss things out, you can you can find some people who will who will work with you and and interact with you and, and make some great friends. Um, I'd say as as a whole though, like just being being a part of this thing, um, it's it's like motorcycle culture back in the seventies.
0: Mm-hmm. Like today,
1: um, this this concept of, of being together mofets, and it sounds cheesy.
0: No, dude, nothing. When it comes to your love, people, people's love of mopeds and how they feel about it, nothing's cheesy to me. Cause, like, dude, I am utterly passionate. There, I'm super passionate about this, and I like anything in life, dude. When I when I dig something, I'm in with both feet, and I I totally don't ever. People should never feel ashamed about expressing their love or passion for mopeds. I think maybe maybe that happened for a while where people got you know ragged on for riding too much or all you do want to do is moped stuff when other people are sitting at the bar or whatever like that and that's cool and that's their scene and that's there's nothing wrong with that like you know like travis talked a little bit earlier you know there's the people who want to party and there's the people who want to ride and you know it's all part of the dance like so i mean that's yeah
1: yeah definitely and i think like this is one of the areas where like you can truly be yourself all the time Uh, one of the things i love about like moped events and this is this is kind of goofy but like um i'm like watch like lots of internet videos and like i feel like i'm relatively desensitized to like gross out humor or like uh, like weird stuff but like i'll go to a moped rally and like oh like like some guy just like peed in his hands and wants to shake my hand. Like that's oh, really geez, gross. gross. Like, like all these things, like, like that's, that's the piss wolf. That's Nick out of Philadelphia. Nice guy. I, nice. Really great guy. Um, but like, <laughs> like you see, like you see stuff like that and you're just like, Oh, whoa. Like that, that, that evokes a feeling in me that I haven't felt in like a really long time. Like, Whoa, like I'm pushed out of my comfort zone a little bit by this person. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, that's awesome. That's, that's something that's like, super special and and like you can be yourself and like no one's gonna like you know think you're super weird for being super invested into this thing and honestly like when you explain it to someone you know like hey like this seems like a really goofy thing for me to be into but this bike i've held every single part of it in my hand I've, Mm -hmm. i've brought this bike back after it sat for decades like that makes it personal and and you really, especially as a as a beginner, someone who's new into fixing things, you really can't do that with a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. The parts are far more expensive. The engine's more complicated. You need more tools, maybe a lift to, to properly like get in there and, and work on it. But mopeds are super cheap. They're super forgiving. There's a super big network of people, which, you know, it's beyond Moped Army now it's all the different Facebook groups that exist out there. It's, it's all these different chats that exist, um, across different platforms. Um, now more than ever, it's, it's easy to get into something like that. And honestly, like, you know, it's the mopeds is the start, but if you get proficient working on your moped, you'll take that. You'll work on your car. You'll take that. You'll work on like, I've like repaired my washing machine for like knowledge of like, like moped stuff. It's, it's, it's a great introduction into, into being, being independent and I mean, just in general, all around your, your own person.
0: Yeah, I think it's definitely a confidence booster if you stick with it and figure out these little machines, even though they're always breaking. Because if you can figure out these stupid machines, you can figure out about anything mechanical. Has been. I mean, I, I walked in the list with a really good mechanical base knowledge. But I mean, for people out there who might stumble across this like culture, I can't stress that enough people are willing to help
1: yeah
0: people definitely. people might get sick of the mundane questions so sometimes think about <laughs> stuff before you ask um but always yeah i i I'm, i always have time for people i always oh, have yeah. time for people
1: and and it's funny like we've we've all been there i can remember like another super old moped army post of mine where like i'm trying to like get a e50 clutch off this is before i went to the building and gather and like oh like I broke the bolts for my puller. Like, what's wrong? And people replied, and they were like, "You left the nut on that holds the whole assembly on. <laughs> like, you have to take that mm-hmm. off before you use the puller." Like, we all start there. So I'm, I'm. It, it's definitely, it definitely pays to be sympathetic towards, towards new people. You know, as long as they're not a jerk, and, and, and yeah, we, we, we all start there. And as long as you have a good attitude, you can, you can, you can do well. And it's, it's funny. Like, I, you know, I have friends who like they were into cars and then they got mopeds and having to describe to them some of the things you have to do to fix mopeds are like Mm -hmm. totally like on the other end of the spectrum compared to like fixing a car where it's like describing to someone if you want to modify a bing to be able to like idle better and you've got the screw all the way in where it's like well you drill a hole through the throttle slide to let more air through here and like they're just like what like (laughs) like these like these like mods that like Like, yeah, you got to do it. Like, yeah, you know,
0: in in the car world, you're like, absolutely not. But, like, oh, it's mopeds, man. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, that's that's rad. Um, so 2008, trying to kind of figure out where we're going here at this point in it. Um, now, was it you? How active are you in your moped club? Because you guys had the last didn't you guys have the national rally last or was that the mosquito fleet?
1: Oh man, my memory. that. So,
0: 2019. Didn't you guys have the national rally?
1: I think that was the national rally. I should know <laughs> I'm the secretary of the club. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, so we threw our rally, um, last year. It was, it was a huge success. It, you know, it was like a four or five day ordeal in mm-hmm. total. And, um, we pulled it together. We had like a penthouse, um, like fun room for one of our party nights. Um, we had a karaoke thing for another one of our party nights and it it all came together so well. And the thing about the cutters is that all of us have these individual talents, which we can put together, um, Mm -hmm. to, to help out with something. Some of us are really good at fundraising. Some of us, um, are really good at finding spots for people to meet up. Some people lead rides, some people, um hook up hosting some people handle like all the internet stuff and promotions um so like i edited a promotional video for it um you know as far as the club uh so as i mentioned i am a secretary in it um you know this year we're, we're mostly an internet chat club um we haven't held any formal meetups yet a couple members are doing small rides with with groups of people but um, We've still stayed active and in, in good communication with each other and interest from our prospects is still really high. They want to join. Uh, to join the Puddle Cutters, you have to attend an out-of-state rally is one of your requirements
0: to mm-hmm.
1: be in the club. Um, so a lot of that's put on hold right now, sadly. <laughs> um, but, uh, the, you know, really when we're looking at like, you know, after I got in the club, you know, I still – Still try and show up as much as I can. Still try and help out as much as I can. I haven't had as much time to ride lately, but I've had time to have people before COVID had have, have them over to do repairs, um, just give general advice when I can when it's something that I am knowledgeable about. Um, so, still, still pretty active.
0: Well, that and that kind of was going to bring me up to my next question. What's your average week of mopeds like? I mean, COVID's got everybody fucked up because like some of us are i know some groups are meeting and doing their weekly rides they're trying to do the social distance thing and some of us are just so tired of being cooped up in our house we're probably being irresponsible and Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's it's hard no doubt um this this is kind of like when you have your winter build This is like Mm -hmm. like the longest winter build season like ever. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I actually have had time. So not doing any moped riding right now, just being honest. Um, I used to commute to work and I'd take mopeds and I'd take my motorcycle and all that stuff has kind of been been grounded, um, fully working from home at this point. But this does mean that you can do builds. So Mm -hmm. I finally busted into this Hobbit that I bought last year, someone long ago painted it Halloween colors. So it's like orange and black rattle can it actually cleaned yeah, yeah. up pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, someone else's handiwork. So like all the wiring is one color black and it makes no sense. And there's, <laughs> there's, there's no heat shrink tubing or anything protecting these bare wires. And like, um, it's got a wizard kit on it, but they didn't have the spacer for it. All this, like all this stuff. Right. Um, so kind of like going through it methodically and just doing it right from the ground up this time around. Um, so it's just been like one, one big build season for me.
0: Mm -hmm. One thing I wanted to ask about, I watched your video about you catching a flight to go buy a moped hoard. How did that all,
1: (laughs) I, I, I that was amazing.
0: Yeah, dude. Like you're getting all the shit that everybody wants in that. Yeah, that
1: was, that was about a year ago. Um, they're still out there. You know, people mm-hmm. like you just, you usually have to travel to go, to go find, find stuff, especially if you live in a city, you gotta, you gotta get out there um, to find your big old stash of bikes, but um, super nice guy um, living in Boise, Idaho. He had been in California. He had had some running bikes, a bunch of projects and he was just ready to, to move on and, and ride um, Honda 250 dual sports. I think with him and his wife mm-hmm. and uh, incredibly nice. He's like, I just want these bikes to, to go to a good home. And so, you know, one of those
0: is... Vespas can come to Minnesota. I'm just like,
1: ah. you know <laughs> we actually, um, both of those Vespas um, are, are out there in Portland somewhere. They're, they're riding around They're They're alive. Um, Fuckers. No, <laughs> yeah, sorry. No, no St. <laughs> um,
0: Paul, damn it. St. Paul, yeah, right, Saint right Paul. side of the river.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he hits us up and, and Andrew and I thought about it and we were like, okay, you know, we're both pretty short on time. So it's like, could we do this in a single day? Like a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's flights from Portland to Boise. We can pick up a U-Haul, drive it back. Um,
0: not that I want to know what you pay for bikes. It's none of my business. I don't want to know. How much are the flights, though? That's what I'm wondering. Like, was it?
1: Uh, it was like 120 bucks a piece. Um, it was not pretty bad. pretty short. No. And honestly, like we looked at like the gas of like driving a van out there and, like oh. wasn't that much more. And oh. so we're like, all right, let's just fly there, grab our U-Haul and, and come back. And we were also having some issues finding a reliable vehicle that could like actually take that much weight. Like we had mm. a, a minivan we had access to, but there was, it was like way too risky. Um, so we got a proper U-Haul box truck and the guy was super nice. Just was like, Hey, I want to make sure these go to a good home. And yeah, you know, we, we distributed them amongst club members. Um, and Andrew and I had to, to, to sell some of it in order to recoup our travel costs. But by and large, we were able to, to, to get people hooked up with bikes where otherwise they really wouldn't have been able to have them. Um, so we flew out there. It was like, everything was like super fast. Got in like 9 a.m., got the U-Haul, immediately picked them up, just hammered down, like drove um, drove all day in this U-Haul. And, uh, and it ended up, you know, I wound up with a Pookie 50, um, which we rebuilt. I got it running again. Um,
0: Dude, you should have got a Vespa. should have kept on those <laughs> like – I just look at like
1: – Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I've owned Vespas. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm good. I had a, I had a Vespa C SI, which has a, yeah. a single shock in the back. It's got a yeah, yeah. flavor suspension. Um it was nice I'll tell you you you, you got to like really be in love with Vespas in order to like you got to be like so stoked on it. You got to be like hey I want <laughs> I want these I want this 3 stud cylinder head. I want this didn't come with a head gasket. Mine didn't come with a head gasket Yeah. The factory. I want this like Weird crankshaft, which only has one side to it. Like they're
0: so goofy, dude. That's what I love about them. And (laughs) they're they're so goofy. And like I got a chow sitting in my garage from like Mm. I think it's like a sixty-two. It's an early chow. It's got like a bicycle pincher brakes that I've been. Yeah, dude, I want to get that thing. yeah, that's something. Oh my like, gosh, dude, I'm, I'm terrified to get the thing going because I might eat, it might uh, herniate a disc in my back with that. Rigid I was gonna or, say that's
1: like full rigid, break all your bones. Yes, yeah. like your, spine, your <laughs> spine becomes the suspension. It's great.
0: Well, back to being in St. Paul and being on the right side of the river. I don't know what the hell's happened over here, but all they've been doing for the last three years is like fresh blacktop on everything. I love it.
1: Ooh, yeah,
0: dude, it's smooth. Dog. Yeah, dude, it's silky smooth over here, except for the lake roads for some reason. But whatever. Um, everything else, awesome. But um, how did you guys find out about that? Was that just somebody's uncle, cousin's nephew's contact, or
1: we have guys- a uh, we have a club Instagram? Which this person reached out to, and uh, they were like, "I live in Boise, and you guys are literally the closest club. Would you be interested in this, this stuff?"
0: That's awesome. And
1: uh, yeah, so it it worked out. We've we've really tried to spread it around as as much as we can. Um, I wound up with a Puke E50. My buddy Andrew wound up with a Puke ZA. How is she actually rebuilt and is running and riding now, which is awesome. Awesome. Um, Another one of our members wound up with an early Tomos, so an A3 almost mm-hmm. um both the vespos went through our local moped shops portland actually has a proper moped shop with a storefront eric sapatino vintage moped and scooter um, so both of those made their way through there um, it was a pretty pretty happy ending all around.
0: was that who helped you with the baker's dozen or
1: No, there was, so at one time we had two dedicated moped shops in Portland. Uh, Jesse Stevenson ran Stevenson's speed shop and that's where where we did the work. Um, And that was, that was some involved stuff. And he's an extremely talented mechanic and and machinist also. Mm -hmm. Um, It was able to do some, some pretty, pretty amazing things for us.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Um, Yeah, dude, I can't thank you enough. We'll chat a little bit after this, but like, I think we're kind of wrapping it up here. Um, yeah. Is there anybody you want to? I've given in. We're doing shout outs, people. Is there? I don't know. Like, dude, it's just one of those things like, oh, I just, I I don't know. I just hate that phrase, shout out.
1: No, so, nothing, nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going to get on my, my soapbox here for, for just a second. I want to kind of give the, the biggest shout out of all time to anyone who's who's listening to this. Um, we're, at a, we're at a pretty, critical point in our country right now. And it pretty much every social media platform has has told you to, to register to vote. Um, but now it's coming from from Travis Tutorial. There's a, a website, Iwillvote.com. Um, it's it's so important because the political issues that are affecting us today aren't really things you can opt out of. It's things mm-hmm. like coronavirus response, it's things like access to health care and really like just things that it's not partisan politics anymore. These are, these are things that, that affect us all. So um, it'd be uh, outstanding if everyone who's listening to this who isn't registered to vote would go register to vote. You can vote by mail in pretty much nearly, not all, but most states. Um, so it's easier than ever and it, it's so worth it. So that's my, my non moped shout out. And for my main shout outs, um, any viewer of, of my YouTube channel, thank you so much for, for viewing over the years. Um, I love interacting with, with viewers. I can't always reply to comments. Um, but it's, it's, it's so great that people, people, people are, are interactive and engaged. Um, and everyone I've, I've mentioned so far who's, who's helped me in my moped journey thus far. Everybody from my boy, Will, to Chad Burke, to the members of the Puddle Cutters um, people who helped out with Baker's Dozen Run and, and Pinball um, Maitland and Jenny Ray and turbo and ryan nash and and lucy from texas who accepted our parts and lester from austin mopeds who held our parts so many people i can't possibly mention everyone um but you know this stuff this stuff takes takes a village it takes a community and and there's definitely that in in mopeds
0: right on right on all right travis i gotta thank you so much for coming on as i always tell guests after they're done on the podcast if you ever find yourself in the midwest or in St. Paul, Minneapolis, you always have a place to stay at my place, even during rally season, which is kind of getting me scared. I'm not going to promise anybody bikes anymore, but you have a place to stay. And if you need a loading dock, I have access to one of those for uh, shipping bikes out. Um, But again, everybody go, especially anybody who is halfway new or even just wants different ideas about how to do stuff. Definitely go check out Travis tutorials. I know they've really helped me out a lot. Um, You don't have to agree with everything. It's how somebody does it. You don't have to do it that way, but it's a great baseline knowledge how to start. Um, And don't forget, Travis, mopeds
1: are dumb. They sure are. (laughs) Thanks so much, Jim.
0: Yeah.